Welcome to The Mentor List. To turn you into the best version of you that's around. To seek support and you need to allow yourself to be supported. Really have a point of difference. What is precious, what's really important and then putting some boundaries there. The Mentor List specialises in interviews with top business minds. Gather their advice for your career. This is The Mentor List. Welcome to The Mentor List. This is our specialist mini-series called Diversity Matters Leaders in Conversation. With your mini-series host, Richard Elstone, prior guests on the show and well-known expert and coach in getting execs ready for making a move. I hope you enjoy this episode of Diversity Matters Leaders in Conversation here on The Mentor List. Welcome to this episode of Diversity Matters Leaders in Conversation. Today, I have with me Anna Morankovic, who is National Australia Bank's Executive General Manager for Small Business Banking. She runs Australia's largest small business bank, and I've known Anna for a number of years. She developed a fantastic reputation for change and innovation, and uh, welcome, Anna. Very nice to have you. Thank you very much, Richard. It's an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you today. Fantastic, fantastic. So obviously things are happening at the moment within the bank, but we're going to try and make this a COVID-19 free interview. So let's start with you know, sort of finding out about you and all about your childhood and where you were born, etc. I actually had a wonderful childhood, Richard, in what is now Serbia and used to be Yugoslavia, a country that uh, sadly no longer exists. In many ways, I was actually the last of a generation of Eastern European children raised within the spirit of socialism and elements of communist folklore narrative. However, despite this, my family travelled extensively and I had an opportunity to see and experience many, many different cultures across the world. Notion of hard work, a status quo was also very heavily enforced. I was expected to study extremely hard, to have a great tennis game, to play piano, ballet, to learn Latin and Russian, and of course, read in both Cyrillic and Latin alphabets, all by the age of six. So politics were also heavily debated in our household, and uh, global events were dissected and analysed. This was a time of also of the fall of the Berlin Wall and all the things that were happening in Central and Eastern Europe. In those days, in socialist Eastern Europe in particular, children were expected to learn, listen, obey, and I do often reflect on how different my parenting style is now, although I can still be pretty demanding on my children. I would never have thought that, Anna. I would never have thought that. (laughs) Oh, you have fantastic children, very talented children. But things change now, haven't they, really? Yes, when I was about 10 years old, um, civil war broke out, which really shattered indiscriminately every Balkan childhood, including mine. And as you can imagine, war is horrific on so many different levels. And I really do not think that one can empathize with its impacts unless you have lived through it. You know, gunfire and bomb shelters and lack of food, electricity and and no drinking water were our day-to-day status quo. But I also had some luck on my side and was smuggled out of the country when I was 12 years old. And then I was incredibly fortunate to have an opportunity to study and live in Australia, 
But sadly, I did not see my parents again until I was an adult. Oh, how horrific. Yes, it was not very easy. No. So talking about your parents, though, from what you remember about them, what did they do before war broke out, etc.? What did they do? What did dad do? What did mum do? Well, I was actually raised in a family of politicians and academics whose ideas on equality of opportunity and social responsibility were very deeply ingrained. And community really played such an important role. And there was this sense that everyone had to contribute to the common good. There was also this disinclination towards individual enterprise, which obviously I, as an adult, do not necessarily agree with. So I grew up believing, and still do, in the universal right to shelter, healthcare, and education for all. My grandparents were aristocrats that turned to Marxism during World War II and then became politicians. My parents, on the other hand, were not political. Mom was a banker and now runs one of the largest hospitals in Serbia. And my father, now retired, um, was an agricultural engineer. They both worked full time um, and had very active lives, which meant that my brother and I were often in the company of our grandparents. And that is really until the war broke out. Wow. Okay. Very good. So you've taken after mum with banking. Yes, uh, perhaps. <laughs> this was her first uh, stint in her career. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So how did they shape you to the person you are today, Anna? That's a good question, Richard. And I suppose as you can glean from what I have already spoken about, I did indeed have a very interesting childhood full of just the positions, a lot of privilege, but also some very, very challenging times. But I tend to focus on the positives in the journey. My early childhood was wonderful because it instilled in me a love of learning and vision of broad horizons. So now I can actually apply different lens and see the world through some different angles, perhaps. The war years highlighted that nothing should be taken for granted and that you never quite realize how strong you are until being strong is actually the only choice you can make. Um, the refugee years and being separated from my parents and brother built up an enormous sense of resilience and adaptability, which has served me well to date. And I really think there is also this element of choice in life, regardless of your situation. But I also do feel this enormous gratitude that I was given another chance when many of my contemporaries in the Balkans had not. Fantastic. In those early days or a bit later on, was there anybody? that helped shape you to where you are, maybe an early mentor or somebody like that that's been important in your life? I'd definitely say my paternal grandmother. She was born in 1918 in a distinguished family, highly educated, was a partisan in World War II and built up a really impressive political and academic career while raising three children. She was actually one of the first Yugoslav women to formally divorce, which is quite an interesting fact for those times in that part of, of the world. And she did that after her husband ended up in a labor camp over his choice to endorse Stalin and advocate for Iron Curtain. Now, fearlessly, she had this enormous intellect to recognize all the positive aspects of the Western societies as well. She traveled extensively and continually advocated for social development and improvement in the Balkans. 
She spent her last years surrounded by Tolstoy and Dostoevsky, all the books that I had to read as a child. And I distinctly remember her reading Das Kapital in Latin. I think that resilience, commitment, hard work, and love of continuous learning that she instilled in me is what I consciously try to instill in my own children as well. Fantastic. Well, I can't say I've read all of those, but I'm a big Tolstoy fan myself. Yes, of I've course. I've read um, War and Peace and I've read Anna Karenina. Anna Karenina, yes. Uh, and fantastic. So uh, I'm completely with your grandmother on that one. Although I couldn't quite get through Das Kapital, I did try actually as an 18-year-old, did try and read it. Yes, yeah, ba- back that. in back in uh, socialist Yugoslavia, it was a compulsory read in primary school. So even if one wanted, could not quite escape it. Although not in Latin, we could read it in our own language. Oh, okay, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you give us a bit of an overview of your career and the challenges you faced in your career, Anna? Oh, Richard, I have had a wonderful career in banking, joining as a graduate some 15 years ago. Can't quite believe it's been that long, but it has. And virtually with each passing year, I was given an opportunity to work in a different role across every facet in the beat operations, strategy or technology, digital innovation. And I was really blessed to have incredible bosses, managers, team leaders and mentors who challenged me, gave me feedback that sometimes I did not necessarily want to hear, but also really held me accountable through the entire journey. And I find that it is just so important to surround yourself with the people that inspire you and whose values tend to be congruent to your own. I now lead Australia's largest small business bank, and this is an enormous privilege and responsibility that I feel every single day. Our key reason for existence at Small Business Bank at NAB is to help Australians start, grow, and sustain their businesses. And I know you said I'm not allowed to mention COVID, (laughs) but in this pandemic environment, it's actually never, ever been more important to get that right for our customers. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that you've been dealing with some awful stories, but we won't go into those today. So is there a diversity or an inclusion story that affected you that you would feel that would resonate with our audience today? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Richard, and I've often thought about that. But maybe because of my own journey, I'm always inspired by the stories of people who have had to endure social upheavals, refugees who have restarted their lives, and women who have developed careers despite significant disadvantages. And I've known many of those, and by virtue of working for such a large organization, I'm actually exposed to this incredibly diverse and rich environment of what I see as human experience at its best, endurance, and often triumph over adversity. There are many, many, many stories of inclusion that I have heard or witnessed or even been part of, which I'm proud of, and I really do not want to do injustice to all of them by signaling only one. What I will say is that I strongly believe that strength lies in both differences but also in our similarities. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you had the opportunity to do so, Anna, and you had the opportunity to go back in a time machine 
What advice would you give your 21-year-old self if you were able to do this? <laughs> That's a really, really easy one, Richard. <laughs> I would say to myself, stop being so incredibly serious and diligent and it's actually okay to have some fun on the journey as well. Fantastic. Well, your kids will help you with that, I'm sure. So. <laughs> Very good. Is there a quote that resonates with you that you live by? Not any particular quote, but an overseas friend of mine recently sent me a text message that read, whenever you find yourself doubting how far you can go, remember how far you have come already. And remember everything you have faced, all the battles you have won, and all the fears you have overcome. And I think that in this time and age, self-belief and confidence with anyone can ebb and flow. So it is really important to occasionally also reflect on the past as we tend to contemplate the future. Absolutely. Very wise words. Very wise words. Is there a book or something that you've read that you might be able to suggest people might read to help them with their career? You know, Richard, there is no one book for me as I'm an avid reader and I tend to juggle multiple nonfiction volumes simultaneously. I only read nonfiction. I'm currently reading a book on Count von Bismarck and his unification of Germany in Serbian Cyrillics, so challenging on many, many fronts. <laughs> but what a story of leadership and vision at a completely different age. I'm also reading the latest memoir from Madeleine Albright. I started actually on the weekend and have nearly finished The Wonderful Becoming by Michelle Obama. Really, really uh, spectacular story there. I do find that reading about inspirational people and their experiences navigating work and life is a wonderful way to reflect on one's own strengths, but also opportunities and areas for development. But even, I suppose, more importantly, it allows an escape into a different, authentic human experience. And as I'm a lifelong learner, I find that I can really, really learn from those books. Fantastic. Well, Anna, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on to the Diversity Matters Leaders in Conversation podcast mini-series. It's wonderful to have you. It's been delightful to uh, listen to all your adventures and everything. And I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it too. Thank you for coming along. Thank you so much, Richard, for the opportunity to have a chat with you. Thank you for joining us today at The Mentor List. If you'd like to hear more or speak to us about recommending our next interview guest, come on through to mentorlist.com.au. You can also find out more about our suite of mastermind series taking shape in your area, your industry, and your discipline. We look forward to welcoming you to one of our events very soon. Stay tuned for another great show. for listening to The Mentor List. If you like what you're hearing on The Mentor List, the best way to support the show is to just take a few seconds to leave a rating and or comment over on iTunes. You can also find further information about this show and links to further episodes at mentorlist.com.au. Until next time, this is The Mentor List.